I cannot believe the Liver King was on steroids. I can't. Wait, that I came mean, out? Yeah, that came out. Officially, the Liver King was on steroids. So it, I never know what you're going to start. I never know what you're going to start this shit off with. Um, yeah, that's not very shocking. So you're telling me the raw meat doesn't instantly make you veiny and jacked? No, I think raw meat would probably kill you although there was a guy who was like you know just normal average joe that would pick up like raw meat from whole foods and eat that every day um but he didn't get the the hype that liver king did because liver king was jacked and we know it's because he was juicing his mind off by the way just baseball show so he can't go to the to cooperstown now he's fucked no uh the veterans committee might put him in We'll yeah. see. Uh, apparently, there's a non-zero chance that Barry and Clemens get in via the uh, the Veterans Committee. Yeah. So we'll see how that shakes out. Jack Aram, Peter and Aram did the Mariners yesterday. Today we do the Chicago Cubs, and this is part of like Cubs Week that we're yeah. doing here at Just Baseball on the call up. We broke down the Cubs' top 10 prospects. You updated them uh, as an end-of-season top 10. We also have conversations with two guys in the top 10, two guys in the top five, the number five Cubs prospect, Matt Mervis, and then uh, you got to see where Pete Crow Armstrong is. But (laughs) the conversation with Pete Crow Armstrong is coming out on Friday. And that, my friends, is called a tease to go look at the article. Oh, hell yeah. We we learned about that in journo school, right? That's what tuition gets you? A nice little tease. Um, Yes. Thank you for the tease. Really excited to to talk to Pete. Um, I feel like he's one of the Pete Crow Armstrong's one of those guys where you feel like you have to say all three names, or else you're like, I feel like I'm cutting it off. I say Pete, and I'm like, I need I still have the urge to say Crow Armstrong. Uh, but PCA. regardless, PCA had a great conversation with Matt Mervis. That episode is out as you're listening to this on the call up. Mervis, we've talked about a lot on the podcast, friend of just baseball was rocking his JV shirt in the episode, which is super dope. Uh, Pick those up, by the way. Today's the last day to get that discount, that 20% discount that we had rolling from Black Friday, Cyber Monday, all that good stuff. Great way to support just baseball. Uh, But Mervis, you know, he's going to factor into this conversation here. Uh, We did talk a little bit about that on the call-up about, you know, potentially trying to break camp. That's his goal. That's his expectation. He wants to break camp with the Cubs. The Cubs have some decisions to make. We're going to break that all down here and, we're going to play a little GM, but yeah, keep an eye out for the Pete Crow Armstrong interview. Top 25 prospect in baseball. Uh, I think one of the best and most dynamic young center fielders in the game right now uh, in the minor leagues. That is. Can we agree that if Matt Mervis doesn't break camp with the Cubs, we riot? Oh, hundred percent. I'm going to be such an asshole on, on Twitter and stuff. I, I will. Yeah, I said it. I said it on the podcast, man. Like I was obviously didn't want to put him in a spot where he, he says anything bad, but I was like, so you should absolutely be on the opening day roster. This is me saying it, not you. But anyways, what's your goal for the season? Um, and that's kind of what we did. But uh, you look at the roster resource, which we're going to pull up here, and yeah. um, he's in there. And yeah. the Cubs were supposedly in on Jose Abreu, but he signs with the Astros. Um, 
lot of money. Doesn't make sense yeah. to pay that much money when you've got a first baseman here in Matt Mervis, who I in Alfonso Rivas and Alfonso <laughs> Rivas translates very well. Um, so the Cubs have been kind of a, a head scratcher for us uh, in a lot of ways because I think we're starting to see more of what they're doing and it's more clear of what the plan is. And in writing up the system, they've built a really good farm system, but they want to spend. Jack, are they spending just to to buy some time and and keep fans entertained? Or are they spending as part of this build into sustainable success? Or maybe the answer is both. Yeah, so I brought that up when we were talking about the top 10 prospects for the Cubs on the call-up. And is is it buying time? Like, I, I feel like this conversation actually gets more complex because the farm is so good now. Maybe mm-hmm. you weren't expecting the farm to be this deep in yeah. every facet. But here we are talking about a farm that is deep in starting pitching, that is deep in infield and outfield talent like they're in a really good spot i'd say for the most part in outfield talent and starting pitching depth that's where they're at they have it which is crazy because they had no pitching depth like a year ago (laughs) zero like zero but they made sure to go get it they made sure to go get foolproof guys like how about in the chris bryant deal right you Mm -hmm. you go and get caleb killian to hedge the volatility of alexander canario killian was a guy that made his major league debut this year okay, you want to dish out Scott Efros, you're not competing for a playoff spot. You know you can dish him to a contender. Give me Hayden Wisniewski back, and we know how good Wisniewski was. Sub-3 ERA, opponents hit under 200 against him in 33 innings of the major league level. So they made a concerted effort. Jed Hoyer made a concerted effort. General Manager Carter Hawkins as well made this, this funneled effort to go and get pitchers that nobody can screw up. And they did a great job of that. So this is a really complex conversation. Before we get to the Cubs, let's just make this a Chicago episode. Did you guys say your piece on the the Clevenger thing and the Abreu thing? We talked about Abreu. We didn't even mention Clevenger. Okay, good. Um, like Clevenger, real quick, one year $12 million is so effing stupid. So stupid. I mean, you're... What do you want from Mike Levenger now? You you needed a five. Yeah, you've got a guy who pre-second Tommy John was like a, a three or a two. But what did he just show you in San Diego after his second Tommy John surgery? He and Noah Syndergaard were the same thing. Was Noah Syndergaard, like, is he a guy that can fill, I don't know, 150 innings for you and give you reliable starts? Hell no. Clevenger was worse than that. We I don't like about this signing Jordan. We were joking about Jordan Wiles. I would rather have Jordan Lyles at seven million. Yes, <laughs> that the Orioles declined Jordan. The Orioles declined Jordan Lyles' eleven million dollar option for twenty twenty three, um, earlier in the month. I think I'd rather have Jordan Lyles at eleven million. Uh, it's tough. I agree with you. I think that this guy. I mean. I was texting with my uncle, Matt Spiegel, co-host of Parkinson Spiegel in Chicago, 670 the score. And, you know, he, he kind of brought up the same point. Like, wh- what are you asking for from Clevenger? Like, what can you, what can you expect? And he said the two success stories, quote unquote, success stories in starting pitchers with two Tommy Johns under their belt are Nate Yavaldi and Chris Capuano. And Capuano is not a success story by any stretch. Really. Do, do I fully expect Walker Bueller to be the third success story? Yes, I do. I do. But we're still waiting on that. And he's yeah. going to be out the entirety of 23. So, dude, this is like, this is a really tough situation for the White Sox. And letting Abreu walk, 
I, I would not have given them. I would not have given Jose Abreu that money if I was Rick Hahn. No, it's a lot I'm of happy money. He did not. It's a lot of money. Uh, that should have priced you out. Apparently, he got a really good offer from the White Sox, and he wanted to go elsewhere. So I'm glad that relationship is done. I'm not happy that we're going to see Jose Abreu in another uniform. I am happy that Andrew Vaughn doesn't have to play right field anymore, and I'm happy yeah. that Gavin Sheets doesn't need to play right field anymore. It's going to be a fun GM episode when we talk about the White Sox because uh, I don't think Clevenger helps that much, but he is a, a warm body in the rotation, and um, it'll be interesting to see how they fill the rest of it out. Uh, but I, I am interested now to see what the Cubs do. If they were presumably in on Abreu, you know, where are they looking to add offensively? We've heard them basically tied. And by We've heard that's based on every report we see on Twitter, the athletic, whatever you want, ESPN, whatever you want to see uh, that they're in on everybody. I think Jed Hoyer's pretty much said that they're, they're in on everybody. I, I don't think you should just spend to spend. And I'm not saying the Cubs are going to do that. I, I just don't totally understand the shortstop infatuation, Jack. Like I, I think Nico Horner is pretty damn good. Is that like, is that a crazy, I, I feel like Cubs fans are so gung ho on adding a shortstop and I get it if you're getting a Correa or a Trey Turner or whatever, but like if you're getting Dansby Swanson for a hundred and whatever million dollars, like I'd rather just have Nico Horner pre R but short. Like what are we talking about here? So unless it's Correa, who I think is a great fit by the way, and that would be the best defensive middle infield in the, maybe in the history of the sport. Uh, but I, I don't know if like, I don't get why they're so gung ho on, on, on the shortstop market when you have a Nico Horner who, Looked spectacular last year on both sides of the ball. Dude, I'll pound the pavement that I think Xander's the best fit because Xander can play third. And Patrick Wisdom right now is a starting third baseman for the Cubs on opening day. I don't think they really need a shortstop. And we're trying something new visually. If you're joining us on YouTube, you're, you're seeing what's what's brought to us by our friends at StreamYard right now, where we're, we're sharing the roster resource page on Fangraphs, and we're also going to toggle – uh, between fan graphs and spot track a little bit once we talk about the financials here. But, you know, looking at the the opening day lineup predicted by roster resource, you've got Jan Gomes behind the plate, who is the only catcher under contract right now, not named Miguel Amaya, who's coming off of Tommy John. Uh, you've got Alfonso Rivas at first, Madrigal at second, Horner at short, Wisdom at third. Uh, outfield left to right is Hap, Morel, Suzuki, and you got Matt Mervis as the DH, with the bench being Higgins, Master Boney, McKinstry and who else? Nelson, uh, Nelson Velasquez. Velasquez. That so makes some sense. Can we so let's start this way. This is kind of how we did it with Peter. How I did it with Peter. Let's just start with the locks, right? Because the, the roster resource is not going to project signings. So they're only going to go off of what they presently have, which is why you see Alfonso Rivas at first and uh, Jan Gomes a, a catcher. So the locks right now, as they stand, Nico Horner up the middle, shortstop or second base. I feel like that's a lock, right? He's playing one of those two spots. Correct. Is that fair? Yes. Say a Suzuki and right block. Yes. Ian Happen left. Yes. Guaranteed. I would say at this point, wisdom is penciled in at third, but that's not a lock. Um, I think Morell is the only other lock in the starting lineup. Is and he a Jan, lock and center? Is Morell a lock and center? I think Morell is going to be an everyday player for the Cubs. I, I think that's think a that. that's that's a pencil in. Yeah, I agree. Um, and then that's about it, right? Like it lineup wise, that's about it. Jan Gomes is going to be there because they owe him $6 million and nobody's taking on $6 million of Jan Gomes, I don't think. But I think he is best served as a backup. 
there is a chance that Jan Gomes is just the guy for the Cubs behind the plate, which would suck. And they don't really have a catcher coming up if Amaya doesn't work out post-Tommy John, right? I'm looking at Jan Gomes' stats right now, so I'm scrolling over to the right. 235, 260, 365 last year. Um, sorry, what was the question? <laughs> no, I mean, they don't really have a catcher in the system if, if no, Amaya doesn't no, work no, they out. Don't, they don't. No, no. Um, which is why I, I fully expect them to do something. You know, yeah. I don't know if it's a lower cost addition like a Christian Vasquez. Uh, there's a free agent named Wilson Contreras who would be a good fit. Yeah. Um, do I, what's what's wrong with Wilson Contreras? Do they just not get along? Is there is there more to that that I don't know about? You're a little bit more plugged in with like Chicago talk. But why, why is Wilson Contreras not being paid whatever he wants to come back within reason? So how valuable do you think Wilson Contreras is? That, that's my question. Like, yeah, he's the best catcher on the market right now. Um, but but how valuable do you deem him? Like, my thought is the Cubs are going to see what the first offer is that comes in. I don't think there was a breakup here at all. I think it was a very amicable relationship. And I think that Wilson loves being in Chicago. I mean, they never and traded Chicago him. loves Wilson Contreras because he was the only one they held on to. Yeah. And they, ne- they never traded him even, you know, at this past deadline. And they were fine with, you know, taking their chances on trying. That's why I think they're going to make an effort. I agree. Um, but, and then if not, they get they get the draft pick. Yeah. The very so, obvious spots, right, are the hot corner. I would say one of the one middle, of infield the middle infield spots because Nick Madrigal cannot start at second base. And I think if you're counting on Nick Madrigal, I think you're setting yourself up for failure. Correct. Um and, and DH slash first base. I think Mervis should be the starter opening day, but yes. you need another middle of the order, first base DH, corner outfield type masher, which I have my guy in mind already uh, when we yes. start to get to like the simulated moves. I do too. I think the bench um, is great. I love the Miles Master Bonnie edition uh, that was uh, swoop, sweeping in to, to kind of grab from the 40-man crunch of the Rays. I loved that ad. Um, I liked, and, I liked and that. And I love McKinstry. Yeah, I think he's a good piece too. And, and Velasquez is, is is a solid player. I think he could be a nice bench bat, power platoon guy that, that you can mix in too. So where do we start? I want to get him a catcher. Okay. Free agent-wise, there's one guy that jumps out to me, and it's Omar Narvaez. He make a little sense. He is an incredibly good defensive catcher. Narvaez is seasoned enough. I feel like he can handle the staff. He's not a liability offensively. This no, not year, Narvaez, what, 31 years old. Uh, Narvaez, 84 games, hit 206 with a 597 OPS. So he was a liability this oh, year. But he this year. In, in 2021, 123 games, he had a 743 OPS. So that's a, if, yeah. if he can capture that, I'm very happy. He's also a left-handed bat. And if you do want to platoon Jan Gomes, you can have Jan Gomes hit against left-handed pitching. You can have Narvaez hit against right-handed pitching. And he knows the division, you know? I, I mean, he, he's he's called games, you know, in the division for years now, which I think is valuable. Um, I, I think that's a perfect addition, low cost. You can kind of wait to reassess the catching situation a year or two from now when Jan Gomes is off the books, because you have to look at what you're allocating to each position. And if you're paying Jan Gomes that, you know, while also going to sign another more expensive catcher, it's kind of a, it's kind of a tough justification there. So I think that's a perfect, 
perfect marriage. Jan Gomes is, is one of the best backups. I know he's a starter right now, but he would be one of the best backups. So if Narvaez struggles, if he's more like 2022 Narvaez, then you, you give Jan Gomes more playing time. I think that's a good low cost addition there. There we go. Um, any trade target you like catching wise? Here's my thing is, is I just don't want to make, I don't want to trade from the system if I'm the Cubs, unless yeah. it's one of those older guys like Velasquez, maybe Canario, maybe like, I don't want to trade from any of the the legitimate top 10 prospects because yeah. I think they've done so well to, to build that up. So honestly, no. Um, Cause Sean Murphy, it's going to be too much. Do you think um, it's worth being in on Danny Jansen is my big question because the yeah, Blue Jays that, are going to deal a catcher. See, that's that's an instance where I think you could maybe pull off a deal without killing the system, like a big league piece. Because remember, the Blue Jays, they're, they're not just looking for, for prospects. Like they'll, they'll be interested in a few different types of trades. I think that's a, a more attainable target. Um, you know, what, what do the Blue Jays want is the question. So – my thought is Mastroboni and McKinstry are pretty much the same player. Left-handed utility bat, right? They can yeah. play absolutely anywhere. Um, how about McKinstry and a decent prospect for Danny Jansen? Does that make sense? Because he's yeah. lefty. I mean, they want and we know that we we know the Jays want their lefty. For God's yeah. sake, they've won one for for two years, I think, since just baseball started. Um, no, I think McKinstry. I think you know what what he didn't do his struggles last year kind of hurt him a little bit in terms of the value. Um, but a solid prospect in McKinstry, I, I think could get it done. Um, that would be a, Oh my gosh, that would be a really exciting move for the Cubs. And I think that's one of the few moves where you can justify trading from the system because you're getting controllable talent here, right? Yeah. You're, you, you still have several years of control with Jansen. So you can feel pretty good about what you've got going on there. So um, I'm just thinking what prospect do you trade? I don't, I don't think they want to trade from their, from their pitching, you know, that they've been able to build. They're not going to trade. I don't think any of those top flight bats, they're not trading Kate Horton. It would have to be maybe a couple of the guys outside the top 10 with McKinstry or one, one Ben Brown or something like that, but they just acquired him and, and he looks great. You're getting his age 28 and 29 seasons. So you're getting two years of control for a catcher that has really never had starting catcher experience. So McKinstry and how about like a mm, Pinango is probably too far away. Pinango is too far away. Canario can't help him now because the ankle thing. How would you feel about McKinstry and Velasquez? I don't know if that's enough. That's not enough. You think a, you think a pitcher? Yeah. Would you do McKinstry and no, you can't do McKinstry and Wicks. That's too much. No, it's tough, bro. There's like no in between there's, but we could try and pull it, pull off a trade. I think that's, that's the, the, the larger, the larger point is I think a, a trade could be made for Danny Jansen. Okay. We'll, we'll, we'll circle back to him after we hit the other bats that are needed middle infield. I like corner at short. I, I will continue to pound the pavement that I think Xander Bogarts is the best fit because then that displaces Patrick Wisdom and he can also move Horner over to second. Nick Madrigal can get some playing time like every now and again. Madrigal is going to be on your roster. I don't think his trade value is anything. Zero. Zero. Which sucks. Here's the thing with Nick Madrigal, dude. He, he, he's got to hit 350 and play 150 games to, to be a, a, a valuable baseball player. Yeah. Right? Like he, he doesn't give you speed. He doesn't give you power. His defense is not that great. <laughs> like he legitimately has to be the best 
bat to ball guy in baseball and durable, which he's, he's not durable not. whatsoever. So, it, you know, I like him as a bench guy, I guess, cause he puts bat on ball, but like, I mean, yeah, you, you, you can't trade him either. Um, my question is, is, is Xander Bogarts willing to go to third? Probably not. That's the so, thing. Like he, he's been so stern in the negotiating process that, that he's a shortstop. And, and that's and why I think are, there are like a lot better fits for Xander Bogarts. But I think for the Cubs, you know, if it was a one-way street, I'd say the Cubs should just hammer the shit out of the Xander Bogarts Avenue. But it's not a one-way street. Xander has some say, too. That's the whole point of free agency. And I don't think he would say yes to what, what the Cubs would be selling him on. Uh, I'm with you. I don't think they need a shortstop. Gun to my head, I do think they sign one of these four shortstops. I do. Yeah. And I get it from the perspective of just like, what is the ceiling of Nico Horner, right? And they want to add a, a star player to get excited about. And and I've maintained that shortstop is a, I think a, a power position now. You know the way we look at third base, and and how that's always been a you know you talk about corner mashers, quote unquote, right? Now it's not as important for a shortstop because if you're a great defender, you can still you know prove your value as we have seen with Anika Horner, but why are the Cubs not satisfied with Horner? Because I think they want a little bit more offense from that position, especially when they don't have a third base masher. And first base is, as much as I love Matt Mervis and, and believe in him, at the end of the day, he is unproven and they don't have anybody else. So I think they look at the free agent market. There's no third baseman really available um, You know that, that I think they'd be excited to sign. Um, I don't think they plan on spending huge at first base. So I think if they're looking at how do we upgrade our offense? Both corners are accounted for. Shortstop might be the only way that they can really make a huge upgrade. And I think that's the big reason why. And the one reason why I can be okay with moving Horner. He's gonna if you move Horner to second, he, he's gonna be arguably one of the best second basemen in baseball. Yes. He's gonna be everything that Tommy Edmond is, but better. Um <laughs> is that not crazy? Is that crazy to say? Uh I think do you like Edmund or Horner better offensively? I think I like Edmund better offensively. You'd be surprised at like how not that great Tommy Edmund's numbers were last year. Horner, 281, 327, 410 slash line, 10 homers, 20 bags, 11%. What's carry. that OPS? That is a 736. Okay. Edmund was a 725 OPS. 31 doubles, 13 homers, 32 for 35 in the stolen base department. Yeah. How old is Edmund? Edmund is 27. Nico Horner is 25. So point being, Tommy you, Edmund. You have Tommy Edmund. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Point. We don't need to, we don't need to get to the bottom of who's better. Like the point is that that's one of the best second basemen in baseball and Horner could be exactly that. Yeah. We're very close to it or better. Yeah. I say better, but we, which we shortstop. I think Correa is a phenomenal fit. I don't know what it is. I, I, I like the idea of him kind of leading the charge of this of this next wave of this youth movement kind of taking over the Cubs. I, I, I look at Correa and I, I see a leader. You know, look at what he's done with the Twins. And I think it's a very similar type of situation in Minnesota um, and, and a responsibility that he had there, right? They brought him in in a, in a similar spot. I think you look at what Correa does defensively, what he can do with the bat. You know, I, I just, I look at a Trey Turner. I love, I love him as an option too, but 
I don't know. Just something seems right about Correa. I, I don't know if I can totally put it into words. I, usually I'm overly analytical and, and, and have a reason to why it makes sense, but it's really hard to, to say one shortstop's a better fit than another when they're all superstars, you know? Yeah, no, something seems really right about Carlos Correa. I'm with you. I, I think if I had to pick two, it's Correa and Dansby. And if I was a Cubs fan, I would much rather have Carlos Correa than Dansby Swanson. Obviously, the financial commitment is going to be more, but in terms of total payroll in 2023, it's $92.4 million. And 22 of that is stuck in the Jason Hayward quagmire. Yeah. Hayward's going to get five after 2023. He's going to get $5 million from the Cubs, and it'll go against their payroll in 24, 25, 26, and 27. But 22 is the big one that just hammers the shit out of you. But still, you know, you take Hayward out of that, you got 72 committed to guys that are going to be on the field for you. You've got 92 committed total right now. 92, as it stands right now, is 15th in baseball. It's $3 million above league average, and you're about $130 million away from the luxury tax. So you can double what you have on the books right now. Granted, arbitration hearings have not happened yet, um, and you can still be very clear of the luxury tax. And if you go over the tax with 22 in dead money this year, I'm sure there are like some Gold Coast or Will Met people that, that will pay it for the Cubs themselves and the Ricketts don't want to say it. Promise you they all went to Nutrier. I know you know some Nutrier folk, uh, but th those are the types of people that would pay that Cubs luxury tax money for them. But um, they've got ample, ample money to spend. I really don't think a $300 million deal handcuffs them. And I think that Correa is the right fit here. I do think that ownership and I do think Jed and Carter Hawkins know that a $300 million deal does not handcuff them. No, I, I don't think it does at all. Um, and, and I kind of, I kind of expect it too. I think you're right because that really does get this team looking a lot different, you know, and I am warming up to the idea of moving Horner. If, if you're going, if that's going to be your big splash, right. I just hope they do something else too, because I still think you need one more bat. So which shortstop are we going with here? Because I think there's a few different guys you can look at. I think there's a few different options, obviously. I, I think for Xander, it's hard to justify if he's not willing to play third because I don't want a guy that's going to be less of a defender. I don't want to move the, supreme, the, the superior defender off of short. No, I'm not bat. sacrificing shortstop defense. So he's that's not. why – and even Trey Turner is an inferior defender at short to Nico Horner. So for me, that's why I'm all in on Correa's as the option for them at short. It's Correa or Dansby, but let's pencil in Correa. Yeah, because I, dude, I think I think Horner can get to to Dansby's value honestly in in a couple of years. I really do. Yeah, I, I think so as well, man. Um, all right, so we we filled out the middle infield here. We're looking for what corner outfield or, or DH? Corner outfield's good. Corner outfield's accounted for. Yeah, so we're looking for a first base DH, and that's it. And or center fielder, though. So are, are we not getting a center fielder here? Like, are, are we in on Morel, who was a disaster in the second half for what that's worth? I like Morel as a prospect. Like, don't get me wrong. But he was a disaster in the second half. So if I'm getting a center fielder, I want a cheap center fielder. I want a short-term center fielder with how much center field talent you have coming up. With Brennan Davis, with Pete Carr Armstrong, yeah, to with stop Kevin Alcantara. You need a stopgap. Cody Bellinger is the perfect stopgap. It's so perfect. 
It's so perfect. But here's the thing. The other perfect one is Fort Wayne native and I think Cubs fan in his childhood, Kevin Kiermeyer. Okay. So he, money, money is irrelevant. I think. And when you're picking these two guys, because again, I, I don't think they're the both cheap. Like they're both max two relatively years cheap. And, well, and we, it seems like Bellinger really wants the one. And that's what, you know, that's what his agent Scott Boris is, is pushing for. So what do you, what do you think here? Because on one side of it, I'm looking at the Cubs and I'm like, go for it all right like we don't know what this team's gonna look like next year and if bellinger has something click like all of a sudden assuming that we we have the shortstop here too like they actually do that that could be a team that sneaks into the playoffs right with kevin kiermeyer it's kind of just i'd almost rather just see what morel could do out there at that point i yeah. love kiermeyer's defense i love him as a leader and and a vet in the game but I, I have to justify it through some sort of pipe dream that that my center fielder can turn into a star uh, or, or you know, reclaim what he once was. Whereas Kiermaier, you're praying for a 700 OPS and that the defense continues to be as good as it was, you know, in his prime and, and over the last few years. I swing for the fences on Bellinger. Um, and if he struggles, you got Morrell, right? If he struggles – You've got hopefully a Brennan Davis who proved that he's all the way back and healthy. Um, if he doesn't struggle, you still have Morel to hit lefties. You still have, you know, a little bit more of an opportunity to move guys around, um, which is what I kind of like, right? Morel could play some third. I know they don't love him there, but who cares? Figure it out. Um, get him some reps at third. You can split time with wisdom and see how wisdom does. And then if Bellinger's doing all right, you protect him from lefties and, and have Morel kind of be that guy there. So that, that could be an option. Um, I think Bellinger's the best option. I think he is too. You think they Unfortunately, do it? it? What hurts my case is that uh, Morel reverse splits last year. But it's a, it's, it's a rookie year. It, and if Bellinger plays, he's playing every day. Like you're signing Cody Bellinger to be an everyday center fielder. He's yeah. you, at least you're going to pay him like an everyday center fielder. So do you, do you move Morel to third, or is that like Morel's got not... some versatility? He's got a cannon of an arm, and Christopher Morel kind, kind of part of the problem. Like everything is is 98 with run from third. It, it's hard for first baseman. So Christopher Morel last year. 57 games in center, 33 games at second, 18 games at third, 13 games at short. So he can play everywhere. I so that's your super utility guy. I'm in. There we go. So Bellinger, and now let's trade one of the other utility guys for Danny Jansen. You in? Yes. So I think you got to bite the bullet. The Blue Jays are going to say, no, we want to win now. We want a piece that's going to help us win now along with McKinstry. So let's give him McKinstry. And I do think you got to bite the bullet and give him Ben Brown. Yeah. yeah. McKinstry and, and, and Ben Brown. So a guy that can slot into their bullpen immediately, or they start him in AAA, and here he is as a starter with a chance to be a starter. Like he is uh, – he, I guess he's like kind of what you want Nate Pearson to still be. Yeah. Um, yeah. Which, by the way, he looked pretty good in, in, in Lydom in the, in, the, in the winter league. So there's a little hope there still. But Pearson? Yes. Good. Yes. But – 
Ben Brown, like, even if he's not a starter, if you decide that you don't need a starter, turn him into a setup guy because he's a 6'6 right-handed arm that can give you 100 out of the bullpen. So McKinstry yeah. and Ben Brown for Danny Jansen, I think, gets it done. And, 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 you know, there is a realistic belief that you could be – who by the way, Ben Brown, number 10 on our Cubs top 10 that just came out. You could be selling high on Ben Brown a little bit because he was, you know, a non-prospect going into this year, exploded, traded for David Robertson, continued to pitch well. But if he can't, you know, continue to develop as a starter, that momentum will kind of plateau and he's a very solid relief-oriented pitching prospect, right? I still think that there's hope that he can be a starter. And because of that hope, you have some value here as a big dude, big power pitcher. I kind of like that. If you got to throw in a third piece, you throw in a third piece of Blue Jays fans. Are like that's not enough. I don't, I think that is enough because Ben Brown is a very high quality arm. Cubs just went out and drafted Kate Horton. Who's very similar to Ben Brown in terms of just power pitcher with two plus pitches already, but way more upside than Brown. I think with the arsenal, and they also went out and got Jackson Ferris with the next pick, too. So they've just added a bunch of pitchers. We talked about the depth that they've built. Uh, they got Ben Brown literally within the last eight months for a rental reliever. If that's something you can pull off and, and parlay that into you know, your catcher, I think it's a no-brainer. I think we just did it. Um, Throw in so Nick Magical too. <laughs> all that's left is first base DH. You said you had a guy in mind. Who's the guy in mind? So – I'm a big believer in not clogging the DH role, right? So, like, I don't want to sign a a guy that is limited to DH. Um, and, and, yeah, a little first base helps a little bit. But even then, I want a guy that can kind of move all over a little bit. And I think Brandon Drury is a perfect fit for the Chicago Cubs. Because if if you want him playing first, he can do that. If you want Mervis playing first and you want to give somebody else a day off, Drury can go play somewhere else. He can play corner outfield. He can play second. He can play third. He can play wherever you want. So the, the DH, I feel like, is is become kind of this opportunity for guys to get days off all around um, and allows you to mix and match a bit more. And I think Brennan Drury with Morrell in this lineup just allows them to mix and match a lot more. And, and I think this team could could kind of have pretty unique lineups and, and be able to get guys moving around. I, I, I would love Drury. And let's say Morrell struggles, then maybe Drury ends up playing more third. Um, you know, I don't know. Are we are we kind of moving wisdom out of the picture here? <laughs> I hope so. I mean, the dude is what he's like a forty percent K rate guy. Yeah, I, I agree. I'm not I'm not huge on wisdom. So, I mean, let's say wisdom is kind of out of the picture. Morrell struggles a bit. Drury's a guy that you can move to third at, while Mervis rakes, and then you've got plenty of other internal DH options too, right? Like. Velasquez could could end up DHing some games. Um, you could call up Canario and he could DH some games. Uh, they could DH Seiya Suzuki some games and then put somebody else in corner outfield. Um, yeah. That's an option, but I don't know. What, what else are you thinking? I love Drury now that you threw it out. There, there were two other guys that kind of jumped out to me in that regard. One was, um, I had it. Where was it? So Profar like kind of crossed my mind, but not really. Will Myers was the other one that crossed my mind. He kind of stinks. I know, but that means he'll be cheap. And obviously he got the bag. So everybody knows there's some talent there. What do you think? So the other one that really piqued my interest was Brantley. 
Brantley. Yeah. That's the one guy. I'd let Brantley clog, clog my, my DH spot up. <laughs> that's the one guy that can clog the DH spot. That's You've got opinion. loud tools everywhere. Like having a Michael Brantley is pretty fun. Man, having a Michael Brantley to, to talk to Christopher Morrell, Matt Mervis, say a Suzuki, like to, to talk to the Nico Horner, you know, to, to just help these guys as a leader. Um, as one of the best pure hitters, I think of the last decade plus. Yeah. Brantley somebody that I think is a fit for every single team. Yeah. So if we're going to clog up I the say DH Brantley, spot, like we're going to say, if, Oh yeah, I like it. If we're going to clog the DH spot, the only guy I'm willing to do it with is, is a Michael Brantley. And it is worth noting outside of Matt Mervis, they don't really have any projected starters that are left-handed bats. Revis is not starting at first base. It's not happening. Um, Mervis is really the only left-handed bat in a switch hitting Ian Hap, right? Yeah. And so, Suzuki isn't Sayai a lefty? Righty. Sayai's a righty? What are you talking about? Shit, my bad. Sorry, Cubs beat. Yeah, damn. Idiocy. Um, yeah. yeah, they're very right-handed, but that's kind of why I like Brantley. I don't know. I like Drury, though, way more. You like Drury better than Brantley, and if we're adding Bellinger, I feel better. Oh, true. Yeah, we added a, we added a lefty in Bellinger. So let let's run through the lineup that we have right now. Can you pull up roster resource again for me? Yep. Yeah, we're on Streamyard right now. So what we've got at this very moment is Danny Jansen catching. Uh, at first, let's put Mervis. At second, we'll have Nico Horner. At short, we'll have Carlos Correa. At third, we'll have Brandon Drury with Patrick Wisdom DHing, and the outfield from left to right would be Ian Happ, Cody Bellinger, Seiya Suzuki. I'm buying a ticket to opening day if that's the lineup. Yep, I agree. And again, like I know that's not the sexiest DH in the world, but you can rotate a lot of different options, and also you can you can go trade for a DH pretty easily during the season if if the team's playing well. But I like the idea of rotating it because Wisdom do, like Wisdom's had flashes. I'd like to, I wouldn't want to just cut ties with him. I want to see what he can do early in the year. And that's a perfect time to do it. Cause if he doesn't work out, you're already built to be able to accommodate that, right? Like you're already okay. If and if he DHs, he doesn't have to worry about playing defense. So maybe he strikes out less. We'll see. Yeah, maybe, maybe. <laughs> um, no, I think, I think that's, I think that's a good freaking offense right there. And again, Drury allows you to, to kind of move around a little bit. And I, I love that idea because I want Mervis playing first. I think he's capable. He's a capable defender at first, but um, again, just being able to rotate is 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 very valuable in today's game. Cool. Um, all right, pitching. They've got a lot of guys. Like they have a bunch of fours. Marcus Stroman and Kyle Hendricks are locks to be in that rotation. Locks. Hayden Wisniewski is a lock to be in that rotation. I agree. He was so good. He he nailed the audition. So yeah. um, the, the other ones that jump out to me, Justin Steele should very well get another opportunity to be a starter for them. Uh, Adrian Sampson, Fangraphs currently has as the fifth starter. I like Caleb Killian a little bit more as a fifth starter than Sampson. Um, Javier Assad, another guy that had a really good idea. Yeah, yeah. I, I liked what I saw from Assad. I think Steele's a lock too. Okay. Like, I know we so, got four out of five spots here. All right, so so we're looking for the fifth, and you've got Samson, Killian, and Assad fighting for it right now. Yeah. They they would benefit from getting another starting pitcher like in the free agent market. I, I'm sure they will pick up the phone and call. I don't think it's the end of the world if they don't do anything. 
I, I, I don't I think they're gonna try to see, you know, low cost, you know, back end of the rotation addition. I don't see them trading from their prospect surplus or from their, you know, from their system to, to add another starter. Um, unless it's, you know, a controllable big league proven guy that they feel like is, is going to be a big part of what they're building here, which, you know, I just don't see. Um, but there's a chance that Kyle Hendricks is like, I know he's a driveline. Is, isn't that what he, what he's doing right now or, or what he was doing? Like there's a good is chance he gonna, Hendricks is he gonna sit 96 next year. If he's a driveline. I, I was going to say the opposite. Like what if, what if he's just a, a disaster and has nothing left? So like you, you gotta have, or what if Justin Seal takes a step back? What if Wisniewski isn't? I don't know you can play that game with any team, but I, I think there's there's enough questions here outside of Marcus Stroman, where you gotta have another another vet arm in, in the fold, and I think you can get that via free agency too. I, I do like I, you could go sign a Ross Stripling, and I think yeah. that's that's fine, right? Or a reunion with Quintana. <laughs> Hell yeah. Uh, but here's the thing. If, if Quintana is going to, I don't think Quintana is going to get something similar to Bassett, but no. I mean, Chris Bassett, like I'm not giving Chris Bassett that money, especially if I'm the Cubs. Cause you don't need to, that's well, the thing. Also just spent a bag. So. Yeah. So I'm, I'm not too worried about it. I, I think there might be some guys at the back half of our top 50, which is at just baseball.com. Uh, like, Hey, Give Zach Eflin an audition. If you want to sign Heaney to a one-year deal, feel free to go ahead and do that. Um, uh, Heaney's yeah. going to be the guy this year that we we pimp out to every team because okay. he's a great fit for this team too. Um, big upside, nasty, but and, and probably could get on a one-year deal. <laughs> but, yeah, I feel like we're going to pimp him out to every team. Man. Okay. Tyone? Um, I guess. Like, there's just nobody that really – excites me in free agency right now and with how much starting pitching you have coming through i honestly don't think you need to touch it so stroman Hendricks, steel wesneski killian slash samson slash assad and i think that's the opening day five and you roll with that man i want like i just want one insurance policy vet wade miley is he is he out there like taiwan walker yeah, I guess, but Walker might be kind of expensive. Really? Maybe. Is everyone expensive? I think everyone's expensive. <laughs> like I, I don't, I don't know what the Cubs, like what they're because we're we're loosely basing this on on you know what they you know what these teams are kind of saying and what they want to do and you know we're not gonna be like mocking decisions like you know or, or like simulating decisions that are unrealistic based on what you know, the reports are from, from those teams. I haven't seen much on the pitching side, right? We've heard so much about what they want to do on the offensive side, but I feel like we haven't heard much on the pitching side. And I think it might be because they don't know, but the thing is, is there's a chance Marcus Stroman has a good year and opts out. So if that happens now, you really got to hit free agency the next year, even though they're going to have guys coming up, but you, again, you need to prove an arm with Kyle Hendricks on his way out. What, how many more years does he have on his contracts? Is the last year coming up? I think this is the last year coming up. I think they've got to have one guy locked up for a couple of years because right now nobody, nobody's locked up, right? You, you got the youngsters with control, but Stroman could opt out. So I, I want to sign one, one vet. I do. I think you cross that bridge when you get there. And I, I tell you what, man, I found a name that intrigues the shit out of me here. Michael Lorenzen. 
I loved watching Lorenz in this year. I know he was like a low four ZRA guy in 18 starts, but Lorenz, there was absolutely something there with Michael Lorenz. I did not hate it one bit. Um, I, I think that this is a guy that is not going to command crazy money. He didn't command crazy money from the Angels when he signed with Anaheim. Uh, I think that this would be a very fun, hey, you're the five. Let's see if you can actually pitch like a three or not. Um, he wants to hit, though. Does he want to do both? No, I don't know. Do you remember when he said that last year? Yeah, he said he wanted to hit, and then he didn't hit. So I'm good. Did, didn't hit at all. He must have just been, like, seething watching Otani. I, I oh, could be yeah. doing that, too. Pissed. I can do um, that, too. No, you I can't. like that. that. I'm in. Because if they stink next year for whatever reason, then you just trade them. Right. Like, yeah, that, that's not? a good buy low flip. Um, I'm in. All right. You got, I just, I needed one guy. I need buy one low guy. flip Lorenzo. One, one year with a, one year with a, with an option or something like that. Yeah. Perfect. Give me, give me Lorenzo on a one plus one club option. I I'm totally here for that. The bullpen is, is actually kind of fun. Um, as of right now, who do you have in the fold? Adbert Alzali also could be the five. Hold on. Hold on. Alzali could very well be the five. He's coming off a year-long injury. Um, I love what Alzali does. He's pretty nasty. I still think you should have a, a vet arm like Lorenzen in the fold because, it, okay, let's say Al, Alzali emerges. Cool, you just put Lorenzen in the, in the bullpen. Or he's a swing man. Guys get hurt all the time. Like I still think they need an aft arm. But, I mean, Alzali was, was pretty damn good in 2021. And, as you mentioned, was hurt. You know, pretty much all of last year. That's another iron in the fire. I, I agree. That's another guy that, that could be a dude for them. Okay. So right now, uh, the current bullpen as it stands is Brandon Hughes, Manny Rodriguez, Mark Leiter Jr. No. Uh, Rowan Wick, uh, who's owed about $1.6 million. Um, Keegan Thompson, who absolutely should be a part. Michael Rucker and Eric Ullman. Uh Cody Hoyer is another pre-arb guy. He missed the entirety of this year. Came back in the Kimbrel deal. Um, Hoyer, I think, so he was a TJ guy. I think he'll probably miss the front half of this year, but he'll be back midseason. Uh, another one that jumps out is Jeremiah Estrada. Estrada made his debut um, in 2022. And Estrada, if I'm not mistaken, was pretty decent. Um, so I, I do think like there are some things that could go on here. Five and two-thirds innings, eight punch-outs, three walks for Estrada in 2022. Um, and this is enough. coming off of a year where he had 34 appearances in the minor leagues and had a one, three ERA Estrada was, you know, that is the kind of guy that it's like, he had a great minor league season. Give him a chance in the bigs. He was fine. I think Estrada should get another chance. So do you think they need to add like, again, like I, I, no. I just want to, I just want to vet <laughs> like just one. Yeah. Like, like who's the biggest vet Mark Leiter jr. No, I mean, I have no idea. Owen Wick, I guess he's thirty. Um, he's nasty, but like shit. Like that. You look at this list of vets that don't excite you one bit, and they're all former Cubs. Michael <laughs> Fulmer, or uh, not Fulmer, Andrew Chafin, Chris Martin. Um, I mean, they're all former Cubs, man. David Robertson. Um. They could fast track Valencia. <laughs> yeah, with an 103 mile an hour fastball, that sounds great. Like, 
it, it's to, I, I think they have to sign a you know a, again and again like with how well they've been doing on these one for one or like these these flip trades where you know they're they're kind of taking somebody in the ten to fifteen range of another team's top ten and uh, and buying low and just identifying guys really well. I, I think they should be picking up a couple free agents that they plan on maybe flipping. Um, most of their best swing and miss strikeout stuff guys that I think are going to be a part of their bullpen. Um, our lower level guys, like who we mentioned, um, you know, they've got guys like Luke Little, DJ Hers, uh, Bailey Horn, all guys that I think are going to be relievers and good ones. But, you know, Palencia, of course, as well, but just not for a little while. I, I would like to see them pick up a guy or two. Um, I, do, you, do you go for the – I don't think you go big market, right? Like, or you don't go blue chip reliever in this instance they've already spent some money there's no reason to do that when you don't quite know how good you're going to be next year but what what about a can i interest you in would be canley i would say it would be fucked up if they brought david robertson back tampering um tommy canley yeah like tommy i think every team has interest in tommy canley i saw a jr bring bring carl jr back Canely, give me Canely. Okay. How about one more? How about, about Tuki Tucson on a minor league deal, but super incentivized if he gets up to the bigs? We're getting way too deep into this. Like this is no one's listening for that. Um, Tuki Tucson with an incentivized contract. I'm in. They signed Tuki Tucson to a minor league free agent deal and see what he becomes. Okay, cool. We'll, we'll add that in there. Um, <laughs> I like. Are you getting in a, like Michael Fulmer? I just, I like Canley. I, I like that. Yeah, go Canley. I'm cool. I with just Canley. don't think you need to spend the way that Michael Fulmer is going to make. Canley, Lynn University grad, and Boca Raton. Uh, you oh, can go perfect. With yeah. Florida man. Florida man. Okay. Um, there we go. Right, cool. so, bullpen set now. Yeah. Bullpen set now. It's like, it's a C to C minus bullpen. Um, it is a set rotation, but. It's a C to C plus rotation. Dude, I'm looking at these numbers right now. Like they don't have a dude. I like Wick, but like shit. Yeah, You're but I it. don't think the Cubs are trying to win the World Series this year. So you just don't invest in the bullpen. I guess you wait. I guess. I guess. I don't know. I don't think bullpen is top of their priority list. I think the top of their priority list should be bats. And putting yeah. out a lineup graphic that they're proud of. I mean, and I, and the I way they've been that, developing arms recently, or at least like with with some of the guys that have been emerging stuff-wise. And there are enough guys. Like Palencia could very well make his Major League debut in June. If they wanted to fast-track him, yeah. And, and um, if they don't trade for Danny Jansen, Ben Brown could be a setup guy by May. If they wanted to, which I don't. I, that one I don't think they'll do. Yeah. Palencia, I think, yes. Um. All right. Tommy Canley it is. <laughs> Tommy Canley, it is. Okay, so I don't I don't get really enthused about the rotation or the bullpen. I do like where the rotation's at, especially with Wicks and Horton and Hers and everybody else on the way. It's competitive, but still leaves you open. There's for, nobody for blocking guy. anyone. Yeah. 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 And you're not going to give a mega deal to to somebody. It just doesn't make sense for them at this point. You know, for a pitcher, it just doesn't make sense. Um, I waited for the 51 minute mark to tell you exactly why I think Jacob deGrom is the perfect fit. for the <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. Why not? Right. 
I, I think that's it. I think, I think that's, that's it. it. I'm really excited with the lineup that we built. So let's just run through that lineup one more time. Um, Danny Jansen and Jan Gomes kind of sharing duties behind the plate. At first, it's going to be what? Matt Mervis. Matt I, Mervis. I love it. And Brendan Drury, Warner I guess. Second. Um, Correa at short. Brandon Drury at third. Outfield left to right is Ian Happ, Cody Bellinger, Seiya Suzuki, and you've got Patrick Wisdom DHing. I feel really good about that. Really good about that team. Um, and and again, like you have Morel as a super utility guy. Some days you'll have you know maybe Mervis is out of the lineup against the lefty, even though he hits lefties well. And you start Drury at first and Morel at, at third, or some days Morel plays center. Like you'll find a way to get Morel a lot of at bats. I think so. He'll still get plenty of plenty of run. I'm in, man. How many how many games does that team win? Oh, wait, rotation. What's the rotation? Did we say that yet? Yeah, rotation is Marcus Stroman, Kyle Hendricks, Justin Steele, Hayden Wesneski, and some combination of um, Adrian Sampson, Caleb Killian, Javier Assad, or who was the five that we signed? <laughs> Michael Lorenzen. Michael Lorenzen. Yeah, I like it. Look, look at what Steele did last year, man. Yeah. 3180 RA, 119 innings, 126 punchies. That guy's earned himself another look too next year. So, um, and and who knows where, where some of the other arms in their system will be. I mean, Wicks could theoretically pitch his way to the big leagues by the second half. Um, you know, already has some some good some good starts in double A under his belt could be an option down the line as well. So I, I think they're in a really, really good spot overall. It's not going to happen in one year, but this makes them better next year and then also has them set up for big-time success two years, three years from now too, which is I think what they're really in it for, whether they'll admit it or not. I'm in on this team, man. I'm, in on, I'm in on what this team's direction is. I would say I'm, I'm very in on the direction. Point. Even yeah. if people disagree with the moves for whatever reason, whatever, it's hard to disagree with Carlos Correa. Um, the overall direction of the franchise is really good right now. And I think the way that they did this like subtle tear down of the back walls while leaving the, the, the front, you know, like the facade of the, of the building up uh, it's been great because that's the way you kind of have to rebuild for the Cubs. I don't think the hundred loss seasons are going to do it anymore. They, they set the bar too high in this, you know, modern era now after, after winning the world series and, you know, being able to, to to prove that they can be a good franchise again. And, and, and I think they're not doing the teardowns anymore. And, and the fact that they've been able to kind of do this without fully dismantling it. I know they weren't great last year, but they didn't fully bludgeon the team. Um, it, it's a sign of, of a franchise that's doing things the right way. And it shows you, you don't have to hit the reset button to get better and, and, and kind of reshuffle and, and get to where you need to be. You don't have to hit the reset button if you're the Chicago Cubs. Yes. You do have to hit the reset button if you are not one of the top five markets and organizations in Major League Baseball. But a team like the Yankees is never going to rebuild. A team like the Red Sox is never going to rebuild. A team like the Dodgers is never going to rebuild. And I think that's the conversation the Cubs want to find themselves in. Listen, this team has been on national TV for decades. Decades. WGN was in every household. Yep. These are the Cubs. This is arguably the second biggest fan base in all of Major League Baseball behind the Yankees. So spend like it. And I think that yeah. they're ready to spend like it. I love it. 
I love it. So I'm excited about this team next year and I'm excited about what they're building. And uh, if you want to hear more from the Cubs prospects, Matt Mervis interview out now on the call up Pico Armstrong on Friday. And uh, that's it from me. Um, Let's see. We've got some good stuff going on in the, uh, in the just baseball store. Uh, you can find the link in the episode description. You can find the link on my Twitter at Jack underscore McMullen 11. Um, right. Have you tweeted out the link in recent days? A couple days ago. Yeah. Okay. So at RM Layton eight, that would be a good chance to find the link as well. Um, we, we did have a, a good black Friday promotion going on, but we got new hoodies in stock that are apparently sick. Um, so hey, listen, get your merch, man. Help support us. And uh, Peter and I will be back to to do about some good good tomorrow. And Arm's holding up his hoodie. So, good from us. See you guys.